All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to Theology Pit. We're doing something a little bit different today. I'm going to go live and I'm going to do a reaction video. And I've never done a reaction video. And I figure, you know, I'm a Christian pastor, is a theology channel, theology podcast. Um, why not do so? I'm going to do something that I've never done before. And I'm going to watch something that I have never watched in my life. And that is a, a complete Joel Osteen sermon. I have never um, read any of his books. I've never really listened to a sermon. I've heard clips and I've seen clips of interviews and stuff like that, but I've never watched an entire sermon. And this sermon is about 28 minutes long. So um, we're going to watch it together. I'm going to react to it, uh, make some comments on it and see really like w what the deal is with uh, Joel Osteen. And I think this, this is a video from five days ago that he did. So we'll get started here. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to The Theology Pit. This is Theology Out of Pittsburgh, and not to be confused with The Bottomless Pit, I am your host, the Reverend Samson Kovat, coming back to you again with another edition of Theology Pit. And like I said in the introduction today, I am going to be uh, reacting to Joel Osteen. Um, this is his sermon that he gave about, it says five days ago. So, I'm, you know, it's probably six, it's probably, you know, Sunday, his Sunday sermon. Um, it's called Trouble is Temporary. I'm not sure exactly where Joel is, um, his church is. I think it's in Texas. I think, I think he's a Texan. Um, but, uh, I'm, we're going to watch it together. We're going to, we're going to listen to what he has to say and we are going to, talk about this let's 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 see what like this is all about okay that trouble looks permanent but God is saying it's not going to last very long you're about to see his hand bring healing restoration divine connections promotion it's not by your might not by your power but by the spirit of the living God I gotta tell you their production value is fantastic like you know, these, these televangelist type guys, um, Joel Osteen, who is, you know, I, I guess his, his you know, degree is not in theology or anything, but he's a businessman. Well, God bless you. Um, it's great to be with you today. Like, he, they do I a great job. I hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week. We have a daily podcast that you can download. You can go to our YouTube channel, listen to the messages anytime, or you can follow us on social media. I promise you, we'll keep you encouraged this. and inspired. Uh, in, in because for a reaction in. video, thanks I think this is really great. Uh, you know, I, I like to start with I'm something using funny. His, uh, you know, of course, I'm, I'm using his um, footage here. And, you know, because of, uh, you know, uh, fair use, uh, copyright laws and everything, because I'm pausing it and I'm, I'm discussing, like, there's no copyright issues. But anytime I do this with anybody, um, I, I do want to promote their, uh, their media, like what they're doing, whether I agree with it or not, because um, they're, they're creating a product that I am then, you know, using uh, in, in this sense. And I want them to you know, get that acknowledgement. So if you, if you've never heard Joel Osteen before and you like what you hear, you can, you know, check him out as the, the podcast, the YouTube channel, the website. I'm, I'm sure they have many other uh, things also. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm glad that he said that in there. So I don't have to put it in the show notes or anything like that. 
and and his, his name's pretty famous. I mean, I think I think most Christians are aware of him. I'm looking at this shot here right now, and this is enormous. Like, is this is this the one where um, he bought like the or the the ministry bought the uh, basketball? Um, arena or court or stadium or what i don't even know what it's called i'm 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 so um sports illiterate with a lot of this stuff um but it's 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 enormous um the people seem to be uh spaced out i don't don't know if i think that might be intentional so um i see a lot of people with masks um and and that so it looks like families are are gathered together so they probably do a, a seating type thing you know that you register for um, for for these, but I I couldn't even venture a guess of, of how many people are there now, um, and everything's very well lit, very well decorated. This this is um, this is very nice um, in the way that it looks. Uh, I don't I don't see a cross anywhere, but we're looking at the back. So I mean, maybe in in this church. I mean, some churches have a philosophy against using religious symbols uh, in um, in their in their auditorium some some don't even call it a sanctuary they just call it an auditorium and that's because if they're reaching people that are unchurched sometimes that can be overwhelming uh this is much more familiar uh to a lot of people but yeah good stadium seating and, and so far it's about nice. these three men that were traveling together it was a hindu priest a jewish rabbi and a televangelist Okay, and he's starting out with a little joke, and you know that's always fun to kind of get people engaged. Um, now we're looking at the front of the um, the stage here and everything. Um, I I don't see anything really uh, a religious symbol. I mean, he has the globe spinning in the background. That's that's kind of nice. Um, and then there's something on uh, the. Well, would that be a, would that be a pulpit there, or is that just like a. Um, you know, like a stand, just like t- some type of stand. Um, if I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a good view of it. I'm, I don't, I don't really know exactly what that's supposed to be. If it's supposed to be a dove or a cloven tongue of fire. I mean, that's for, for a, a Christian establishment, I would assume it would be one of those. Maybe it's a mixture of both because both would be representative of the Holy spirit. If it is, that's a, that's an awesome design. That really is. Um, I'm, I, I really, I really think that's well thought out. That's whoever the artist was that designed that did an excellent job. They stopped at a farmhouse for lodging. The farmer said, I only have room for two of you in the house. Somebody will have to stay in the barn. The Hindu priest said, I'll do it. A few minutes, there was a knock on the door. He said, I can't stay out there. There's a cow and cows are sacred in our religion. The Jewish rabbi said, I'll do it. A few minutes later, a knock on the door. He said, I can't stay out there. There's a pig. That wouldn't be kosher. The televangelist finally said, all right, I'll do it. In a few minutes, there was a knock on the door. It was the cow and the pig. <laughs> I'm the only one that got it. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> See now that was funny. Like it's 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 self-deprecating humor, you know, because he is, you know, and, and I is technically an evangelist in what he's doing. Now we're getting a bigger shot of the of the front here. That's very nice. But that's that's funny. I mean, he's like there's a reason why his ministry is huge. He's obviously a very likable, very personal, uh, personable a guy. Um, the way he's presenting himself, um, it's this this is this is really nice. I mean, it, it, from a you know a, a a standpoint of of connection, you know, it was it was a great little opening. People are now at ease. They're kind of uh, ready for it. I'm I'm assuming that behind him on the on the two sides flank that those that's the choir. Um, 
and I don't, or maybe <laughs> maybe the praise team. I don't, I don't know, but um, no. So far, so far, it's uh, it's it, it's you know, it's been pretty. This easy. is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Okay, so we're getting set up now. So he's saying that what he is going to be doing right now is proclaiming the word of God. So um, I don't know if he does expository preaching. I, I'm, I'm really not sure. Maybe I should, I should grab a notebook here to, to take notes. I, I might. I think I just might do that. Um, grab one of my notebooks and um and let's see let's let's see what he does let me get a, a fresh page here and um yeah let's i mean i'm, I'm kind of curious i've like i said i've never seen a joel osteen or heard a joel osteen sermon before so um i got my bible in front of me got my phone here in case i need some quick bible stuff and um of course i have my uh uh, accordance app if, if I need it, but, um, all right, let's, let's, let's see what happens. This is, he's going to preach the word of God. He says, I want to talk to you today about trouble is temporary. We all face difficulties that don't look like they'll ever change. It seems like the more we pray, the worse it gets. We see sign of things improving. It's easy to live discouraged and accept that it's not meant to be. But Paul said in 2 Corinthians, our present troubles are small and won't last very long. These troubles will soon be over, but the joy to come will last forever. What you're up... Well, he, yeah, Paul's saying that, but it's because they're going to die. <laughs> and, it's the, and it's the resurrection that we're, we're looking towards. It's not, you know, what we're getting in this life. Um, he said second Corinthians, but he really didn't give a, uh, chapter and verse. He's just kind of, uh, summarizing that. But usually when Paul's writing like that, it's, it's because, um, you know, we we're, we're going to die. Like that is the, um, that is the reason I have to move my camera just a little bit here as it's, um, yeah, there we go. Um, and so, I mean, Paul wrote a lot of stuff from prison and that sort of thing. Second Corinthians is a little bit different. Second Corinthians is technically the fourth letter he wrote to, um, to those in Corinth. Uh, but I, I, I don't think that that verse, I mean, it would take a little bit, but I, I'm sure that I could find it. Um, but knowing how Paul writes and the stuff that he says, usually he's looking for death and trouble being temporary as though it, it, it gets better is not a guarantee in scripture ever. Um, if, if you look at the greatest person who ever walked the face of the earth and the one who was the closest to God, uh, within his earthly ministry was Jesus Christ and, uh, he was killed. So it, the trouble got worse and worse and worse. And, and then he died and, you know, and of course he raised and that's what Paul's looking for else is look, it may get bad, but you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, we die, you know? You know, for me, you know, to, to live as Christ, to die is gain. I mean, that's that's Paul's attitude. So um, I, I I don't think necessarily Second uh, Corinthians is speaking about you know um, 
your your the situations in your life being bad and then them turning around. But maybe maybe I'm jumping the gun. Maybe maybe you know uh, Mr. Olstein here Osteen is. Um, you know, going somewhere else. And that's another thing. I always thought it was like Olstein with an L in there, but I see it's Osteen. Uh, that, I mean, it shows how ignorant I am of, of this guy's ministry. Against may look permanent. Seems like it's going to take years to get well, years to get out of debt, years to meet the right person. Don't be fooled by what you see. God is saying the trouble is only temporary. It's not going to last very long. Soon it's going to be over. Wait. So you mean like relationships and like your job and stuff like that? That that's what God's talking about. It's like a theology of economics or or something. Or is this is this like pragmatic? Like is 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 he just preaching pragma, pragmatism? Like you know, if if you are a believer, uh, good things will happen to you because there were a lot of. I mean, the 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 books behind me are filled with a lot of great people, the writing of a lot of great people for the first 500 years of church history that died horrific deaths. <laughs> like it, the, the trouble did not get better. It got worse, but their reward is in Christ. Soon you're going to see the breakthrough. Soon your health is going to turn around. Soon you're going to meet the person of your dreams. You may not see how this can happen. Everything in your reasoning says it's not possible. You're looking at it in the natural. We serve a supernatural God. See, yeah, so it is like a pragmatism um, type thing, but um, he's he's preaching the law of averages here. I mean, if if you preach to a big enough crowd and you just say, "Hey, things are bad now, but if you X, Y, or Z, they will get better." The law of averages would state that there are going to be a lot of people that whatever they're thinking of, that may happen. And there's, of course, going to be a group that it doesn't, you know, and, and whether it's self-fulfilling or not is, is beside the point. It's that the majority of people are going to say yes, and, and, it's, and it will be, you know, will come to fruition. So let's say it's 80%. So now you have 80% of the people that believe uh, the veracity of what you're saying, the truthfulness of what you're saying. And they will go and, of course, you know, promote that to their friends and family. Well, I, I you know, I was I was having trouble, you know, um, I don't I don't know, getting getting my order right at Starbucks. But I believed in a in a God who will make my order right at Starbucks. And you know what? The next time I was there, Starbucks got my order right. It's it, that I mean, that's that's the word. So, so far, I mean, he's he, he's mentioned second Corinthians. Um, but so far I, I haven't heard him actually preaching anything of the word of God yet, but it's still early. I mean, he's still, he's still building, building it up. I mean, my goodness, I, I need to like move ahead here because I am, uh, I, I'm really stuck at like, like three minutes here and I've been, uh, I've been streaming for 15. So this is, this, this is going to be a long episode here. He can make things happen that you can't make happen. And instead of thinking of all the reasons why it's not going to work out, how it's going to take forever, try a different approach. Father, thank you that this difficulty will soon be over. Thank you that this sickness, this depression, this family problem will not last very long. Joel, it's already been a long time. That means you are very close to seeing it turn around. You're on the verge of a breakthrough. You're about to see freedom, promotion, Problems suddenly resolve. Dreams suddenly come to pass. 
Not in the sweet by and by, but soon things are going to change. Soon that child is going to get back on course. Soon that new door is going to open. Soon the right person is going to show up. Soon you're going to come into overflow. Now you have to get in agreement with God and have a soon mentality. As long as you think it's going to take years, that's going to stop. Did he say have an assume mentality? You know what it means when you assume, right? Okay, just double checking. Stop God from working. When you have this soon mentality, you get up each morning with expectancy, knowing that this could be the day that God shows out in your life. When is your health going to turn around? I don't know, Joel. This medical report doesn't look very good at all. That's one report. I'm giving you another report. Soon things are going to change in your favor. When are you going to get out of debt? Looks like it's going to take me 112 years to pay everything off. You're going to be in heaven by then. How about soon I'm coming out of debt? Soon I'm going to lend and not borrow. How can that happen? God owns it all. One touch of his favor and you'll have more than enough. One good break, one idea, one contract, and everything will change. When are you going to overcome that addiction? Soon. When are you going to meet the person? Soon. When is that legal issue going to resolve? Soon. When are we going to hear him preach the word of God? I hope it's soon. Like he's five minutes in and like he said the same thing probably, you know, 10 times in, in, in the same way. I mean, I want to say 10 different ways, but it just doesn't seem. When are you going to sell that property? Soon. When are you going to start your business? Soon. Your mind will tell you all the reasons it's not going to happen. Your problem's too big. The people that you're up against are too powerful. It's been that way too long. Don't believe those lies. Receive this into your spirit. The problem will soon be over. The loneliness will soon be gone. The anxiety, the grief, the barrenness, not able to have a child is coming to an end soon. Well, I'll tell you this, his, his delivery is really, really good. His presence, like the way he's preaching, how it's minimal notes. It's probably like bullet points on those pages. Um, and, and just him as a public speaker and, and what he's doing. This is really, really good. Like for the, the aesthetics and the delivery of, you know, within a homiletics class, uh, he does a really good job. Uh, And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to slight him on that. Like everything about his presentation is, is good. The, the substance is lacking a little, but I mean, every, he's very engaging, like, so far. Um, he's getting his point across. I think he's belaboring it a bit, but okay. These present troubles will not last very long. Job went through a great difficulty. Okay, he Job. was doing the right thing, honoring God, and the bottom fell out. He lost his business, lost his children, lost his health. He had boils all over his body. And just because we're people of faith doesn't mean we won't have difficulties. You can be doing the right thing and come into trouble. The scripture says rain falls on the just and the unjust. When it rains at my house, my property gets wet, my next door neighbors, people across the street, everyone in the neighborhood. The rain doesn't discriminate. Don't get discouraged by difficulties, it's just life. The promise we have is not that trouble won't come, but the trouble is not going to last. Soon the trouble will be over. 
I'm not sure, and I don't want to be nitpicky here, but I think that in a in an agricultural community, rain is seen as a good thing, um, which, which which means prosperity on the just and the unjust. Um, that you know, it's the the unjust are going to uh, proper prosper. You know, they'll be able to grow food just as much as the, the just will because the rain falls. Um, you know, as it does, but uh, but he's using it the opposite way and. You know, I can okay. I I can see that that you know in some cultures and climates is very it's a very negative uh, thing. Um, but oh, okay. When you're in difficulties, things happen like with Job that you don't understand. You came down with an illness. People at work turned on you. You had a setback in your business. It's easy worried, thinking that it's never going to work out. You have to remind yourself it is not permanent. It is not going to last long. Soon it will resolve. All through the day, you need to keep this in your heart. Father, thank you that this trouble is only temporary. Joel, I mean, Job, I mean, it's the Job is the earliest book of the Bible chronologically. It was the first first one written in, in the Bible. And Job was resolved that... If nothing happened, if he lost everything and he and he lost his, his life and died, he was fine with that. You know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like it's it, he wasn't like, I'm going to stick through this because I know that God will restore everything you know, back to me again. I'll, I'll get everything back. That that was not his mentality. It was that, you know. Uh, honor God because he is worthy to be honored. That it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. Thank you that it will soon be over. When Job looked at all his circumstances, everything that went wrong, all that he had lost, he got depressed. He sat down in the ashes and wanted to die. One reason he was so discouraged is he saw the trouble as permanent. He didn't see any way he could get out. As long as he had this forever mentality, this is how my life is always going to be, he felt overwhelmed. When you have a setback, thoughts will tell you it's permanent. You'll never never be happy again. You'll never meet someone. If you believe those forever lies, you'll get discouraged and lose your passion. But God won't let you get in a situation that he can't bring you out of. If the trouble was too much, the sickness too great, the opposition too strong, he wouldn't have allowed it. It's a test. What are you going to do? Get discouraged, give up on dreams, live defeated? Or are you going to believe that God is on the throne, that he's bigger than what you're facing, that the trouble is temporary, that it's not going to last long? What you believe in times of trouble will determine whether you come out or whether you get stuck there. Okay, um, so... All of the, the all of the apostles died a horrible death. Um, John lived, you know, uh, older, but after he was like boiled in oil and exiled and like everything. I mean, it was it was pretty terrible, um, you know. And and it just got worse, you know. Um, I, I believe Andrew was sawn in half. Um, Peter was crucified upside down. Paul was beheaded. Um, was it uh, James that was thrown from the the top of the temple and and killed? Um, I mean, you 
I, I don't understand what he's saying. Like, is he, is he saying that we control the will of God and we control our own destiny by controlling God through our, our, our attitude to, through our cognition. I mean, this is starting to get a little Gnostic mysticism here that our attitudes determine the way God, um, performs. So if we have a good attitude and we see this, then God obeys our desires and our wants and then brings them to pass. Like this is, this is starting to get a little sketchy here. And at one point, Job changed his attitude. Instead of sitting around defeated, he got up out of the ashes, looked up toward the heavens and said, I know my redeemer lives. He was saying, I know God is still on the throne. I know this difficulty can't stop my destiny. What he has purposed for my life will come to pass. He shifted to an attitude of faith. God let us see both sides of Job, him discouraged, despondent, then him switching over to faith to let us know it's okay to feel things. It's okay to have times when you feel discouraged. You don't see how it can work out. It's okay to start there, but don't finish there. Don't stay in the ashes. Don't stay defeated. At some point, you have to do like Job and say, I know my Redeemer lives. I know God didn't bring me this far to leave me. Well, the point of Job is to always say that. <laughs> to always say, I know my Redeemer lives. Like, that's it's kind of the issue. And by the way, I just want to, want to mention his delivery. His cadence is really, really good. Like, his, you know, his his cadence and manner of speaking is, I mean, it's it's very easy to listen to. It's very smooth. It's very clear. And um, it's not it's not rushed like this is um, like I said, I'm, I'm really, really impressed with um, with his uh, uh, charisma that he has. I know this problem is not permanent. Lord, thank you that it will soon be over. And his hair, of course, Do you know what awesome. that does to the enemy when he hits you with his best shot. But you don't start complaining. You don't stay in the ashes. You start declaring soon it's going to turn around soon. I'm going to get well. Soon I'm going to meet someone new. Soon my business is going to take off. Soon I'm going to laugh again, love again, lead again, run again. This is very hedonistic. When you live with this soon mentality, all the forces of darkness cannot keep you down. Job's situation looked permanent, looked like he had seen his best days, but God not only turned it around, but Job came out with twice what he had before. The scripture says he had twice the cattle, twice the sheep, He got his business back. God never brings you out the same. He makes the enemy pay for bringing the trouble. And we hear a lot about the suffering of Job and all that he went through. Seems like that was his whole life. The entire book of Job is about his struggle. You would think it went on for 40 years. Trouble, heartache, pain. But some commentaries believe the whole struggle was only nine months. All the sickness, all the trouble didn't last years. It was months. What you think is going to take years. What looks like it's going to be a long time to resolve. Like with Job, it's going to happen sooner than you think. That trouble looks permanent, but God is saying it's not going to last very long. You're about to see his hand bring healing, restoration, divine connections, promotion. It's not by your might 
not by your power, but by the spirit of the living God. 2003, the Houston City Council. He seems to have a lot of little little catchphrases um, that that he tacks on to the end of what he says. And I want to see if this is this is repeating. Um, So he presents it as though it's everything that you're doing, but then says that it's not that this is what God's doing. Um, but yet you are the impetus of this, whatever it is, you know, that this, this blessing that you're, that you're calling in. Um, so it's very, uh, it's like you get this little ring of, you know, it's not, it's, it's all by God's power and will. It's not you, but yet you're the one that has to motivate God to do that. And if you don't motivate God, he will not. So you, you know, so you are determining the, the movement of God. For us to have the compact center. This was a city owned building. We had worked for two years presenting our case and trying to convince council. Okay. So this is the basketball court then the, the compound center. And he's, he's using this as an illustration of something we really wanted. Um, and is he going to give? And he's going to outline the business model. I take it, and then like what they did, the timing, and that they just believed God, and it and it happened. Um, which is which is interesting because you would think that a, a story more like, you know, we were growing in size, didn't know what we were going to do, and somebody came along and said, "Here, have this larger building," and just gave it to us, and we that was a confirmation from God. But this seems to be strategic business moves. Um, from a businessman, and I mean he's crediting it to God. I'm, I'm going to assume, but um, he's is he going to say because of what I did, because of what we did, that motivated God to look favorably on it? I don't know. Council members, when we won the vote, we were so excited. It was like God opened a door that we never dreamed would open. The next day, a company that owns all the high-rises around this property filed a federal lawsuit to try to keep us from moving in. They were the largest taxpayer in Texas, a huge real estate company with property all over the state. It was like David versus Goliath. Our attorneys told us that it could be tied up in the courts for 10 years, how these kinds of legal proceedings can be extremely slow. That meant we couldn't move in, We couldn't start our renovations. Our future concerning this building was on hold. The problem was I had already presented the compact center to the church. People had already given to support it. Everyone was excited, asking, when are we moving in? I would wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. Mm -hmm. Thoughts telling me, you're gonna look like a fool. What are you gonna do if you don't win the lawsuit? I was tempted to live worried, stressed, but I did what I'm asking you to do. Despite what the experts were saying, despite how permanent it looked, I said, Father, I want to thank you that this trouble is only temporary, that it won't last very long. Lord, I know you're working behind the scenes, fighting our battles, so making our crooked places straight, shining down your favor on us. I would check with the attorneys arena. every week. Looking for, for a giant mega church is, there anything is the same new? thing as your children Nothing. dying. We haven't heard. From is that you. is that the analogy? They didn't want Job? to negotiate. <laughs> they were going to sit back and wait, oh, okay. drag it out for years until we had to do something else. And I could hear that promise, that still small voice saying, "Joel, 
trust me. This trouble is only temporary. Soon it will be over. But my mind would say, are you kidding? Nothing is improving. You're years away from even finding out if it's going to be yours. The battle is taking place in our thinking. Don't accept the lies that it's permanent. It's going to take a long, long time. You have to turn it around and say, Father, thank you that this will resolve sooner than it looks. The Theology Pit is a partner-funded ministry. Please consider partnering with us by making a donation at thetheologypit.com. Just scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the donate button, and make a contribution to the best Theology Pit podcast on the internet. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I don't know if, if I could really say that to anybody as a pastor. I don't, I don't, you know, if if you know somebody came to me and a horrible accident occurred, and they had like seven children and they were all killed, and I said, you know what, don't worry about it. Joel Osteen had to wait two years to get a sporting complex, and it's it's the same thing. That's. I don't, I, I don't know about that. I, I really don't. About eight months after the lawsuit was filed, we received a call from the other side saying they wanted to meet. I was excited. I believed it was the hand of God. Our attorneys were more skeptical. They said it was a ploy. They were just trying to complicate things. We met with them. Not only did they agree to let us have this building, but to lease us 9,000 covered parking spaces. They dropped the lawsuit. The facility was ours, free and clear. What looked like would take years to happen took place in a few months. So wait, the, the building was free and clear, but they are leasing the parking lot. So what they're saying is, um, you know, we probably can't block them from doing this, but we can make money off of it by, by leasing them. Did he say nine acres? Did I hear that right? I'm I'm not going to go back, but that's, wow, that's, that's a lot of parking space. I mean, it really is. I I guess so. I mean, I I really, I really don't know. I'm trying to picture my mind, like how big nine acres is. Um, I'm just assuming around other sporting complexes, like how much parking that they have and, and you know, what have you. But, um, yeah, so it, and also I wonder, you know, if his ministry was probably pretty big before they got this place for them to be, you know, able to even entertain getting this place at, at the height of the TV evangelism thing that he was doing. How many people within that business were Olstein supporters? How many people followed his ministry how many people were in favor of this that um could have swayed them in in that way especially in in the hometown there um he would have said you know we could fight this they are actually prepared to legal go into legal battles we're gonna lose money or we let them have the place and we then pick up more real estate around it and lease it to them and get money for it. So instead of losing money, we're going to be guaranteed a big nine acre paycheck for vacant lots, pretty much for nothing that we have to build. And if we're, if we're real estate developers, nothing that we have to build at all. And this will be a steady stream. Um, and if they ever leave and it becomes a sporting complex again, then we can continue, uh, that lease. Um, yeah, I'd, 
I don't know. That that really, really doesn't sound like um, you know the the equivalent of of the the Job story. But it, we'll continue on. God is saying to you, what you're up against is going to resolve much sooner than it looks. That trouble is not going to last long. That addiction is not going to hinder you your whole life. The sickness, depression, anxiety is not going to stop your destiny. Soon it's going to be over. Not years, but months. Why don't you get in agreement with God? You may not see how. The giant looks too big. The sickness too great. The opposition too strong. You're not in this by yourself. The Most High God is fighting for you. He knows how to move people out of the way. He can do what medicine cannot do. He can restore what's been stold. Sooner than later, you're going to see the hand of God. So is this become a Christian for a better life? That you couldn't I mean, make didn't you write a book called Your Best Life Now? That no person but, can shut. Turning situations like, around that's not what that we're look promised. impossible. But it's easy to live with this forever mindset. We're actually it's promised going to work the opposite. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> years really down bad. the road. Maybe one day, Joel, I'll get a good break. Switch over to a soon mentality. Now, I know some things take time, but God promises us in this verse, soon the trouble will be over. He's about to do something out of a normal Okay, so you went back frame. to 2 Corinthians there? Something unusual sooner than you think. Well, what if I believe and this doesn't happen? What if you believe and it does happen? It probably won't happen if you've already accepted it's going to be a long time to get out of this trouble, a long time to get well, to meet the right person, to accomplish that dream. He keeps coming That's back to these same what God would themes do. over and over again that I'm he started with. I'm asking you to believe um, for sooner you know, in, in than later. Even if it doesn't happen as soon as you like. Yes, we all have to wait, but I've made up my mind. I'm going to live with the soon mentality. I'm going to keep releasing my faith, reminding God what he promised, that this difficulty will soon be over. Isn't this familiar of like what Tony Robbins used to do in like the, like what was the 1980s, 1990s? I think more in the 1990s. Like, you know, he didn't he have like a, a better, better life through positive thinking or like something like that. Like, I mean, that's, that's honestly what this sounds like, but with, you know, a, a, a biblical veneer over it. Um, you know, it's not, I haven't heard a lot of word of God yet stuff um to be honest uh he said to prepare to hear the word of god maybe still ramping it up i mean 16 minutes in though you know he's 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 been at this for 16 minutes with the same themes over and over again um and he just keeps saying you know believe in the soon mentality like over and over and over again um it's it's almost um you know you're hitting these repetitious points where this is the point that you want to make um, but the, the, the biblical foundation isn't there. He, he may have r- taken something and I'm, I'm going to accuse him of this. He may have taken, um, second Corinthians out of context and, um, just applied a kind of wrong principle to it, but let's, we'll continue on. Maybe this is still the buildup. I, I, I don't know. There are 42 chapters in the book of Job. All 42 talk about what he went through. Seems like this struggle with his whole life. But the last two verses of the book of Job are very significant. After describing the trouble, 
the heartache, the loss for 42 chapters. The last thing written says, after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. Then he died an old man having lived a long, good life. Job's struggle was approximately nine months, but after that struggle, he lived 140 good years, happy years, healthy years, years where he enjoyed his children, years where there was great joy and laughter in his house. God was showing us now the it trouble is, it is, is possible. The trouble with, is not um, going to... Let me pause this here. It is possible that with the ages of people in um in old the old testament um in older books that it's talking about the 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 family and not the individual um so he saw his his you know, children and grandchildren but the four generations and the 40 years um or, or the 140 years of that it can be understood as the totality of the family line um in in you know what it what is seen uh, after that and, and proper prospering. So when you, when you look through Genesis and they're like, you know, so-and-so lived like, you know, 400 years and then they died. So-and-so lived 900 years and then they died. And so lived I mean, that's more than likely the familial account, the, the familial line. Um, and it's not like it, it, it dies out. It, it could just get split or absorbed into another, um, or, or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I I don't think that what it's saying is that Job himself, you know, lived out this this long. But here is the legacy of the the family because of you know the influence of him trusting in the Lord and you know trusting in in God's redemption. Um, that that influence that it has on your family, which is a, a great you know biblical message, but um, it's 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 certainly not um, on on par with uh, you know getting the, the you know, leasing a nine acre parking lot for a church building. Um, this is, is very odd bringing these um, concepts together. It it, it doesn't. It doesn't quite fit the the biblical narrative of of what he's brought up the the two scriptures that he's he's brought up so far. I mean, loosely Job, um, he's gotten specific on those last two verses, and um and and yeah, loosely Second Corinthians in, in just a like an individual um, part. Let me go to the end of Job here and and look at those like two verses um, themselves. And um, let me try and find it. Yeah, Job's in, in the history of the Old Testament, so the historical part. Um, let me get to the end here, the, the epilogue. Okay. Um, okay, and if you do you know, back up, so the Lord blessed the second part of Job's life uh, more than the first, and it, says how many sheep and oxen and cattle and everything that he had. Uh, seven sons, three daughters. The first daughter he named Jemima, uh, uh, which is, it means uh, dove. That's interesting. So, uh, so this first daughter he names dove, which is understood as, 
you know, the, the spirit of God, Holy Spirit. Um, and so this, this is an, an attributing um, to, to the Lord, uh, to this comfort, to this peace, this, this shalom. Um, and where in all the land uh, could women be found who were as beautiful as Job's daughters? Uh, and their father granted them an inheritance alongside their brothers. Very ecumenical. Um, he could have highlighted that. That would have been great. After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children uh, to the fourth generation. Um, and Job died old and full of days. Okay, so um, that's all the more that it says. But it's it's just interesting that um, that he's pulling these two things together where I'm pretty sure Paul's talking about death. The last forever. You may be in a difficult time, but that's not how your story ends. That loss is not going to define you. That sickness is not going to ruin the rest of your life. That person that walked away, the bad break, the unfair situation is not going to stop your purpose. No, no, Paul never got out God of jail. God has an after this for you. Like John after was exiled trouble, to the Isle of there's Patmos. There's going to be great joy there. in your life. Um, after never the got loss, off of it. after the sickness, after the legal battle, you're going to see new friendships, new opportunities, new growth. Don't be discouraged by the trouble. It's not stopping anything God has for you. God is storing up all the joy, all the good breaks, the favor, the is resources that have been put on hold because of this temporary trouble. You're not losing anything. What belongs to you is still coming your way. Your latter days will be better than your former days. Your story doesn't end in defeat doesn't end in failure, injustice, sorrow. Those are temporary well, You can seasons. never accuse Joel your Osteen, of being, Osteen of being God has insincere. already lined up I think he really does you. believe this. He said what was meant for your harm, he's turning to your advantage. Even now, God is turning some things. He's turning the trouble, turning the sickness, turning the people that are against you. You're about to step in to an advantage, step into favor that God has already lined up for you. When we walked into that meeting, the CEO of the company had already changed his mind. God had already turned his heart. He was against us, but no person can stand against our God. No bad break, no sickness, no trouble. God controls the universe. So this is this he is said, similar to something called capitalistic Calvinism, where you know if you are prospering in your life, then that is proof that you are, you know, uh, uh, receive the grace of God, that you are favored by God, that you are of the elect. Um, the more successful that you are, is is directly related to your salvation it's you know directly related to your sanctification aspect of salvation but that you definitely are of the elect um so this is similar to capitalistic calvinism in, in what he's saying that it, you know if if it didn't work out would he make the argument that like he is not loved by god or not favored by god um but he's only looking to things that did i'm sure as a businessman He's had many doors shut in his face. Um, would he say, well, God shut those doors to enable this one to be opened? Or would he say, I mean, I think that he would go that route. Or would he say that, you know, well, these doors are shut in my face because I have not found favor with God yet. Once I do, 
and I change my mentality, then the doors will be open. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious to, to know how he's driving this, um, this theology. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. You may be in a night season. Can I encourage you? It's temporary. Joy is on the way. God is going to turn your mourning into dancing, your sorrow into joy. What's holding you back is not going to last much longer. Soon it will be over. One time I was flying to India with my father. It was a 15-hour flight. Everything was going fine, cruising along very smoothly. But about 12 hours in, the plane hit this turbulence and started bouncing around like a roller coaster, up and down. Everything started flying, laptops hitting the ceiling. Some of the flight attendants had gone up in the air, landed on top of other passengers. People were screaming, panicking. For about 10 minutes, it was chaos. You had to hold on for dear life. Eventually, it all calmed down. Thankfully, nobody was injured, went back to smooth sailing. The last several hours were as peaceful as can be. This is how it is in life. We're going along fine. Everyone is healthy. We're getting good breaks. Then we hit some turbulence, an unexpected challenge, a sickness, a layoff, a friend betrays you. You didn't see it coming. It's easy to panic. God, what's happening? Can I encourage you? It's just a part of your 10 minutes of turbulence. It's not going to last. It may be chaotic, feel stressful, but it's going to calm down. Okay, so There's he keeps returning back to the same motif. Of, after the turbulence, I mean, you're going to come out He's just, just saying fine. the same thing over and over and over again. I've discovered we're all going to have about 10 minutes of turbulence. Not at once, but a minute here, a minute there. Our mind will tell us it's permanent. I'll never get through this difficulty. It's bumpier than I've ever felt. God is still in control. He's not only flying your plane, but he controls the weather. He speaks to storms and they calm down. A friend so of is mine he saying that God is the one who's job. making things horrible He'd been for you? there for many years and it wasn't about his performance. They just didn't have the funds to pay him. He was tempted to panic, be upset. I told him what I'm telling you, this is not how your story ends. The trouble is going to pass and the rest of your flight is going to be smooth. God has it already figured out. There's another position already lined up, has your name on it. If you'll stay in faith and keep being your best, you're going to come in to your after this. You'll say, after the layoff, I got a better position. After they walked away, I met someone better. After the sickness, I came out stronger. What's interesting is that 10 minutes of turbulence felt like 10 hours to me. I was sweating, holding on for dear life, praying the sinner's prayer 42 times. God, please forgive me. I'm about to come see you. I was afraid and stressed out. If I had known it was temporary. See, that's an interesting theology too there that, you know, you're, your hope of salvation is based on what you've done to motivate God to look favorably upon you and not in the reality of what Christ has done. The difference is, is that reality is set and your reaction to it doesn't change that. It is what it is. Um, and so the reality of Christ redeeming you is is, is reality. It's set. That's what happened. My 
saying words or my doing something doesn't make that reality any more reality. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, Christ did not redeem me until I did A, B, C, and D. That it's, it's totally on me, you know, in order to do this. So that mentality does not give assurance. You know, if I have to, you know, confess all of my sins, um, turn from my wicked ways, um, do like all, all of these other things, whatever it is, keep up this lifestyle, do that. And then, and then Jesus will redeem me is a backwards thinking. Uh, Jesus has redeemed me. Therefore, I confess all of my sins. Therefore, I repent. Therefore, I do these things because I am in Christ. You know, when Jesus told people, you know, the Jews to repent, he's telling them, you know, you're, you're doing things wrong. Turn around and do what you should be doing. You know, be, why? Because you are the people of God. You know, Paul goes through this in, um, in, in Romans uh, 7 and 8. Uh, I think a little bit in six too, six, seven, and eight. Like you get this understanding. Um, you are in Christ. Therefore, act like it. You know, re- repent. Stop doing the wrong things. Do the right things. Um, so this, uh, this is very interesting. It's it, again, even within his 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 personal theology of salvation, it's it's pragmatic. I do the right things and therefore God, I make God behave in a way that gets me a favorable outcome. But so, so this, um, this, this theology, this philosophy is permeating all of his, um, all of his uh, understanding. I would have enjoyed the ride, pay a lot of money to go to Disneyland to ride a ride like that. If I had known it wasn't going to see, last I can very see long. why if I had known his, everything his was going to be preaching right. and his understanding is in this way. If that's how he was brought up, you know, and that's how he viewed salvation. And he said, well, if God works in it this way, it's a logical step for him to work pragmatically in finances and in, in everything else. Um, so really, the issue comes down to his soteriology. And his soteriology is dictating the 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 understanding of the rest of his theology, and and especially in this um, this type of prosperity gospel that you know, if you do this, then you know good happens. Um, because I did this, I I said this prayer, I walked the aisle, I got baptized, I confessed these things, I lived this lifestyle, and so therefore, the good that is do me is owed to me because of the work that I've done. Um, that really, that really makes more sense now that I, that I kind of get this from him. I'm, I'm seeing his, um, theological understanding coming out. Uh, and yeah, this is, uh, this is why my, um, you know, my, my, my thesis that I did, um, really stems, you know, from, this type of misunderstanding that people have and, and why I did my, why I wrote my thesis about the relationship between faith and justification and what that means. And, you know, why my work over my, a lot of my, my life has been, um, understanding the application of the atonement because, you know, how that applies is, is going to influence the way I look at everything else because that is, that's deeply personal. And, and if it's deeply personal in, I have to do certain things to get the favorable outcome. 
Well, then this may, you know, then that's going to translate to the, even the way I look at scripture. Okay. The way I read scripture, I'm going to read Paul saying something in second Corinthians and looking like, well, it's only temporary, not as in, you know, this world is passing away and the new is coming. You know, we will be with God. I mean, technically, if you think about it this way, um, from a Christian perspective, when we die and we are in eternity, even after the resurrection, you know, eternally uh, uh, with God, a potential infinite. I mean, it's going to go on for a, a long time, even, but even let, let's even say, you know, a, a million years. Okay. So a million years of living in a glorified body with no sin, what's it going to be like remembering 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 100 years, 140 years. How long is that time period compared to the million? It's it's small. It may be like remembering a dream. So, yes, this world is temporary. The sin, you know, that we... in the in the grand scheme of things, the sin the sin that we experience and the the sinful world that we live in, the broken world that we live in that we experience is going to be very minute compared to um the the eschaton you know, the end times. Uh, and so if we live in that mentality, then yeah, this has no real, real bearing. But if this is all that there is or all that, not, not so much all that there is, but all that tangibly we know that this is our reality. Well, then this is where we're going to focus our outcome on what we do and what we can benefit from it. It's how we're going to read scripture um, it's how we're going to apply things uh, to our life. And this seems to be, you know, Osteen's, um, his focus. This is, this is the, the, you know, locus of his theology is in a pragmatism. It's not grounded in Christ. Christ is the means by which you get things. But it's not, it's, it's not grounded in there. Um, yeah, I've heard people say that, you know, Joel Osteen is a, is a gospel preacher in the same way Colonel Sanders is a military officer. And I under, I've said that myself, and I understand why now. Like I always said, it's like a joke, but I understand why they say that because it's like, yeah, you, you know, you, you say these things and I wouldn't, <coughs> I wouldn't doubt that he was a, that he was a Christian. I would say, you know, from what I've heard, um, he, he doesn't seem to be a, a, a very good Christian. He, I mean, he's, he would be a, a bad Christian. He'd be a bad servant. A bad, he really needs to be um, educated. He's a very uneducated one. It's, it, it's, it's, he, he's a walking advertisement for why um, catechesis is needed. Um, you know, Christian instruction and doctrine and, um, and, and lifestyle is needed. And the, the problems with um, the, this type of theology um, that, that he exhibits, whether it's a lordship salvation view or a, uh, a watered down understanding of it. But, um, but he really does believe this. And I understand now the way that he reads. I mean, I could probably, after, after just watching one, one sermon so far, and he, he still has a few minutes to go, um, I could probably pick out something from, from Scripture and I could deliver a sermon in this style, in this mode. Uh, because I, I would almost be willing to bet that if I watched in, uh, you know nine more of these and took a summary of, of the ten, um, we could distill this on two, and we could distill it down to um, 
this um, th this this understanding of you know the Fakari quad and say yes that we do the best that we can and God honors that and because He honors that favorable things come um, this this um, yeah, this mentality that, that Martin Luther, you know, fought against his 97 thesis that he wrote in September of 1517, the month before he wrote his 95 thesis that he nailed to the, the door of Wittenberg in uh, October 31st of 1517, um, deals with this, uh, deal, deals with a lot of um, this, this kind of stuff. Um, this was a very um, humanist understanding, not humanism that we think of today, but, but the, the, the humanist understanding, um, and the scholastic understanding that, that, um, of, of the, the, uh, Moderna, the, the via Moderna, the, the, the modernist, um, theology of the day. And, and that's kind of come back and, and that's sort of God has created a world, you know, because of Christ in which things are possible if you do A, B, and C with whatever you have, and, and I mean, synteresis would come in here, a, a spark of, of good, a spark of righteousness that's still in mankind that orients us towards the good. And if we follow that, then, you know, good things will happen. Salvation is there also, but we're taking it now from the world of salvation, the world of soteriology, and we're moving it into the same type of, of mentality into getting jobs buying buildings, um, you know, having good relationships, you know, th those sort of things. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm understanding his, his theology and his philosophy a lot better. I would have stayed in peace, said, Lord, thank you. I know this too shall pass. I know this temporary problem is not going to stop your plan for my life. I could have relaxed and saved myself a lot of heartache if I had only remembered the trouble was temporary. Maybe you're in part of your 10 minutes of turbulence now. It feels like it's going to be 10 years. You're worried, losing sleep, trying to figure it all out. Come back to a place of peace. It's not permanent. Things are going to work out. God is going to get you to your destiny. You may not see how. The winds are strong. The plane is bouncing around. God controls the winds. That cancer is not bigger than our God. That breakup didn't stop your purpose. The trouble at work is not going to last. God is behind the scenes right now working in your life. Your time is coming. It's going to happen sooner than you think. In the book of Genesis, God told Noah that there was going to be a great flood. He was to build an ark, a huge boat, take two of every kind of animal on it. While he was building, I'm sure people made fun of him. Thought, what's this crazy man doing? There's no water around here. At that time, it had never rained. The dew came up from the ground and watered the earth. You can imagine how odd that seemed. But the scripture says, Noah did exactly what God asked him to do. He was obedient. The rain came for 40 days. The whole earth was flooded. Noah and his family were on the boat. Months and months went by. Noah didn't know if he was going to be like that the rest of his life. He sent a bird out to see if the waters were receding, but the bird came back. It couldn't land. This happened again and again. It looked like this was permanent. But chapter eight says, God remembered Noah. He sent a wind to blow across the waters and the floods begin to disappear. God remembers your faithfulness. 
He remembers your obedience. The times like Noah, you did the right thing when it was hard. You kept giving, serving, being good to people, not seeing anything change. Nothing was getting better. Don't worry, your time is coming. God sent a wind and the waters began to disappear. A year later, Noah and his family were able to get off the boat. I believe, like with him, God is about to breathe on your life and problems that look permanent are about to disappear. That sickness you've been dealing with, the child you're so concerned about, the trouble at work that's hindering you, by faith, I can see the wind of God's Spirit causing it to disappear. Addictions disappearing, depression disappearing, lack, not having enough, disappearing. This is a new day. God is breathing his favor, his blessing, his healing on your life right now. The next verse says, the underground water sources cease their gushing. The torrential rain stopped flowing. There are things that you can't see. They're underground, so to speak. They're about to cease in your life. God is going to cut off the source of what's limiting you, the source of what's holding you back. The sickness is about to cease. The addiction is about to cease. The Noah's trouble story is not is about, about prosperity. This is really weird. When those waters ceased, it took a few months before Noah and his family could come off the boat. Not see anything happening yet, but that doesn't mean things haven't changed. It's just a matter of time before you see what God was up to. Now keep the right perspective. The trouble is temporary. It's not going to last as long as it looks. Live with this soon mentality. Not it's way off in the future. Soon things are going to change in my favor. If you'll do this, I believe and declare healing is coming. Freedom is coming. Breakthroughs are coming. Soon you're going to get well. Soon you're going to meet the right person. Soon that problem's okay. going to turn around. So, I mean, this is strange because like the, the, the point of Noah was God establishing a covenant. And this was the first of you know many covenants in... Um, in the Old Testament, uh, especially looking at Genesis, um, the second covenant being with um, you know, Abraham. But um, there was a, you know, the Noahide law that, you know, was in place here. And, you know, and the covenant made with, uh, with, with Noah for the redemption of humanity that, that would come. Um, that, that's the point of the flood story. It, it's, it's not that you know, Noah and his family would prosper like, like after this, like it's, it's very odd. He, he's taken the, 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 the narrative of, of uh, Noah here. And it, it's, it's like, he's left off the ending. He's left off the, you know, he's taken the, the, the whole story, you know, but he didn't tell you, well, this is why this occurred. You know, it is it is this this new covenant that is that is occurring. It's it's this covenant that I am making with you, that is like the old covenant. It's 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 another one, um, but this is a a covenant that God is making with humanity, where only God is on the hook, like like for it. Like that's that's the thrust of the, the Noah story. Um, it's. It, it's weird. He's, he's just taking out a bunch of middle stuff. And again, but he's using this lens of, um, this is the way that God behaves 
with this, um, you know, men- mentality of you believe and do these things and these good things happen. Um, you know, because you're controlling God and fate in that way. Like it's, 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 it's odd, but I can, I can understand why he would read Noah, why he would read that story and he wouldn't, he wouldn't take the, you know, it all into, into account. Um, you know, Noah, I mean, we know he was a drunk. Like, I mean, he's, when he's talking about God will bring you out of addiction. Well, technically Noah had an addiction and God didn't bring him out of it. Like he would get drunk and like, you know, pass out and, you know, pass out naked or, you know, or he wouldn't be covered up. I mean, Noah had issues like he did. Um, but the point is that, you know, God is the central understanding of, of, of this story and of, of, you know, the covenant with humanity that's made and with, um, you know, actually all all of, all of uh, the creation, which man was given dominion over with humanity was given dominion over. So it's not only God, you know, respecting humanity and making this covenant with humanity, but also with what he has entrusted to humanity. Um, this really doesn't have anything to do with, um, you know, prosperity, um, that, that because of Noah's uprightness or his behavior or whatever the, you know, all this good stuff. I mean, Noah, according to, um, even what, what Joel was saying here with earlier, you know, the, the problems and the addictions and and everything that was happening, they still exist. Like for, I mean, it's, it's uh, for Noah. It's not like it it brought him through that. Like he's got all these character flaws. Like this isn't, it's just weird. I, I, I understand why he's doing this. I, you know, why he's saying these things in this way. Um, but, um, we have about a minute left in this sermon from him. And so far he has not, um, preached the word of God. Um, there is no, um, restitution, with God, which is ultimately what this is about. It, um, it, it's it's interesting that he's missing this, that the prosperity that we would gain through Christ is relationally with the Father. But I haven't heard him say that yet. And I mean, there, there's he has a lot of opportunity to do it. He really does. Um, but will he make that connection? Will he bring that in at the end because of, of, of what sin has done because of, you know, mankind's rebellion, humanity's rebellion. Um, God did it all to then reconcile us back. There is an ultimate peace. There is an ultimate Shalom. There is an ultimate, uh, you know, um, everything being put back in its place, restitution, redemption. I mean, he's, he, he's built everything up. Like he could totally at the end, make this, this big crescendo to say, and what's even greater than having a good job, a fat bank account and, and great relationships with other people is in what Christ has done and redeemed us to God. And this is the ultimate in, um, in, in, in temporary trouble that we see now, because there is a permanence, of of uh, assurance and security in Christ and in the Father and and our being reconciled to God and conformed to the image of His Son. There is a deification here that that is 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 taking place. There is a a theosis um, that that is uh, 
our ultimate end. I mean, he has a minute. He might do it. Let's see. Around soon, you're going to see God's favor in new ways. In Jesus' name, if you receive it, can you say amen today? I'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Okay, he hasn't. He, he didn't do it. Now he's now he's giving this this invitation here. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. We'd love to send you some free information. Text the number. Okay, on the so screen. I was right in in calling it out that this is the Lordship Salvation view um, because that's that's exactly it. He didn't take it. Um, the website. Don't want his face to be like that. Uh, I hope you'll really get planted no in a good Bible-based um, church and keep God first place. Thanks for watching this message. I hope you enjoyed it. We upload new videos every week. Oh, my head is right. It makes me look like I'm Joe here. So don't forget to hit the like button and make sure you subscribe to our channel. Let us know okay. in the comments um, below how this message has encouraged you. We would love to hear from you. We're praying for you and your family. Well we'll see you next time. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a good speaker. Um, there's really, you know, uh, nothing bad I can say about that. Um, there was very little gospel. Uh, he said things about the Bible. He said things from the Bible. Um, the word of God being preached is usually in a gospel context, a good news context. That was absent. Um, this was very, uh, this was a very unfulfilling uh, sermon. Um, I, 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 it's, wow. I mean, people gravitate towards this. Um, because this is hedonistic. It's, it's not. And what I mean by hedonism is that it is, you, you do this in order to get things. You do it because it's, um, you know, they would say good things or, um, your life gets better. Things get turned around like those sort of things. Um, yeah, I almost don't want to do my outro, uh, that I was planning because of, of how bad this is going to sound. But like, um, Joel Osteen, he, he, he in, in that sermon, he vaguely referenced a, a point in um, 2 Corinthians, and he didn't give the, the chapter or verse for it. Um, talked a lot about Job. Uh, he named the, the two verses at the end, the last two verses. Didn't look up at the verses before, which show the... Um, you know the, the the spirit of God, and it's it's a reconciliation type aspect um, and a restoration aspect. Um, then he hits on on Genesis with with the Noah the flood story, but he he takes out the the context of that um, with the covenant that God's making with his people, the um, the the law that's in place, the the Noahide law, um, and that that is the sort of the springboard. Uh, towards um, Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant, uh, which then, of course, goes into the Davidic covenant, um, and then uh, you know, with the, with then it moves on into the prophets with you know Jeremiah thirty one and God talking about the the you know new covenant He will establish because you know He has kept His end of the covenant here, uh, humanity has not, so He will establish a new covenant where He gives them a heart of flesh. Uh, Christ fulfills humanity's requirement of the old covenant. Um, and establishes a new covenant um, with God on 
behalf of humanity also. So both covenants are fulfilled within Christ, which means um, when we are in Christ, the old and the new are completely uh, fulfilled in him. Um, but our, our, our hope is in the, the eschaton, the, you know, making everything right. Not now, not the, not the temporal sinful state right now, but, um, but what is to come, what is to be the already and the not yet. And he's, he's taken a lot of that out and he stripped out that, that meta narrative and then made it be, um, it, it made it in just like a, you know, if I've lost my keys and I feel and, and you know I I believe hard enough I will find them type stuff, and then the, the whole like well if you've lost your family if they've all died, I, I you know I it, it took me longer than expected to get this sports complex to have this mega church here, um, and that those are those are the same things. That's hard, man. I mean that's that's not very good. So. Um, you know, I would say that that Joel is—he's he, not a very good preacher. I mean, he—he's good at delivery. I mean, he's—he's—he's he's, he's a good at preaching, um, you know. But he's not a—he's not a gospel preacher. Um, he doesn't—he doesn't preach the gospel. He is not an, you know, expositor. Um, the limited research that he probably did was in. Um, you know, was in, uh, was it, was it Noah? Was it in Genesis that he did? Or, uh, was it in, in, no, I think it was in, in Job, right? Because yeah, cause he said it was about nine months that, you know, things. So, so he probably went and, and he was probably very specific in looking at that, um, aspect. How long he probably got that question. Wait a minute. Trouble is temporary. How long was Job's trouble? And, you know, and he probably went and, and read a bunch and then he found some stuff that, um, confirmed his his preconceived notion of a, a of it being you know only a certain amount of time of it being temporary and and how long was it, um, and then he would preach on that, uh, and then you know he brought that for so I'm I'm thinking that that is probably all the more preparation that he did in in commentary preparation expository preaching. I'm willing to bet that the commentaries that he went to were from more of this um, seeker-sensitive lordship salvation type uh, stuff. This this prosperity preaching, um, because that because you know what you receive now, you know that capitalistic Calvinism that I, I, I talked about. Um, so I would I I mean my advice would be to steer clear of Joel Osteen Ministries um, and. Uh, you know, um, ministries like this, ministries that preach like this, um, they, they're, they're not going to be very healthy. It's going to be a law of averages in, in, in there, but, um, yeah, you're not, I'm, uh, you're not going to be well-fed. I'm actually hungrier now. Um, you know, it, it, it makes me want to get into the verses cause I know that he's off on, on a lot of this stuff and makes me want to kind of dig into it. How off is he? You know, um, but I'm not going to do that. But I, I hope you enjoyed this theology pit. If you want to hear more like reaction or see more reaction videos like this, um, I may do this on Twitch on on Saturday mornings for people where I'll I'll watch a, a sermon or something like this and and react to it and critique it. Um, maybe I'll do it like that um, and then you know record it and set it up into the podcast. But I'm going to go now. Uh, thanks for watching. You know. Uh, 
check me out on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash the Twitch Theologian. Um, that's where I do that. I stream on you know, Friday mornings at Eastern time, uh, 9 a.m. to noon and Sunday evenings, uh, 9 p.m. to midnight. Um, other than that, um, we're, 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 we're done with this episode. So it's now definitely time to close down the pit. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Theology Pit. Please take a moment to rate our podcast and leave a comment about what you like or what you don't like. Each rating and comment helps others discover this show. Don't forget to visit us at thetheologypit.com to make a donation. While on the website, we would appreciate it if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family on social media. Our Facebook page is also titled The Theology Pit. Stop over and give us a like. If you have any questions or topics you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please write to Samson at thetheologypit.com. That's Samson, spelled S-A-M-S-O-N, at thetheologypit.com. Now, here's a preview of next week's show. Well, what'd you, what'd you think? Did you like it? Did you not like it? What do you think about this uh, this format? With I mean, I know it makes it go long. It's, it's you know, going to be an hour and 20 minutes here, but... Uh, you like me doing uh, reaction sermon reaction videos uh, if you'd like me to react to a sermon uh, go ahead and email me samson at the theology pit.com and um, you know uh, or you know send it to me um, facebook theology pits facebook page whatever send me a youtube link or whatever and i will watch a sermon and talk about it thanks this and more on the next theology pit mm-hmm.